This morning we're going to begin a new series and it's going to simply be called Confident. I don't know about you, but that is a word lacking from my vocabulary about the future. The future of our country, the future of our communities, the future of, of, of America, we have a lack of confidence. Even after this past week, we've seen so many things that breeds less than confident attitudes in all of us. There are things that's going on that causes us to ask more questions than we have answers. But I believe God's Word is the place that we need to go and our focus does not need to be on the outcome of an election or out of the outcome of a coronavirus, but on God's Word and what He's called us to do, what He's called us to be, and where He's called us to go. That's where we need to put our confidence today. If our confidence is any, in anything except for that, our confidence is shallow and it's built on sinking sand. So today, let's get into His Word. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. We have gone through several weeks of Exodus. We went from the, them leaving Egypt until they got the Ten Commandments. And we're going to fast forward through a lot of history there. In fact, we're going to fast forward through 40 years where the children of Israel, they declared, we're going to do what you said, God. We're going, to, we're going to follow you. But yet, when God told them to go into the promised land, they said, no, we, can't, we cannot do that because we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. They're too big, they're too mighty, they're too strong. So God simply told them, well, you can have it your way. And then, then they began to back up and say, oh, well, we'll do it, Lord, we'll do it. And they tried and they found defeat. And there were two of the twelve who said, let's do it. God said it, let's go, let's move forward. They were confident in what God had said and what they should do. There was two men, Joshua and Caleb. For 40 years, these men knew what it was like to be in the promised land. They knew what it was like to taste the grapes, to feel the grass between their toes. They understood what it was like to be in the promised land and breathe the air. And for 40 years, they had to wake up every day knowing that across the Jordan was the great promise of God. After 40 years, something happens. That is the death of Moses. Moses was the leader. Moses was the mentor. Moses was the one that had led the children out of, out of Egypt, the nation out of Egypt, through the wilderness. And for 40 years... He's been the one the people haven't looked to. But then comes the death of Moses. Who would be called upon to lead these children, this nation, this new generation into the promised land? Let's begin reading in chapter 1, verse 1 of the book of Joshua. I hope you have your copy of God's Word with you, whether it's electronic or paper. Whichever you prefer, follow along with me. It's important you see these words. Because this is God's words and not my opinion. Verse 1, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. 
Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on, on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will leave success, have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officials of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. When we look at this account of what happened in history as Joshua was called upon to step forward and to lead a nation. He was leading some new people. He was leading a new generation that had risen up. He had heard the stories. He had experienced the stories. He was there when they crossed the Red Sea. And God is calling him to success, to move forward. Can you imagine the day that he heard God say in verse number Two, therefore arise and cross the Jordan. I don't know if there's anybody that's been waiting on something in your life. Joshua waited 40 years to hear those words. And when God said it's, it is time, Joshua said, Well, let's go, guys. You better pack your bags. You better get ready. We're crossing the Jordan. But how can a man be so confident to lead like that. Because we need confidence when we lead. And when we are leading our families, our communities, when we look at other leaders and we see their confidence, is it a real confidence, confidence or is it shaky confidence? I believe let's look into God's Word as we look at success and understand how God defines success not as the world defines it. Let's begin looking in verse number 5. God tells Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. The first thing about success I want you to keep in mind is this, is that success comes when God is present. That is a key factor in moving forward in confidence that regardless of what we are doing, whether it's in work, school, family, our community, or a nation, God must be present for there to be success. 
Now, the world and, and the devil is going to have this idea of success and plant it in your mind that you can do pretty good. You can look good in other people's eyes. But real success is measured when God is present in the moment as you are moving forward. And God was present. He said to Joshua, I will be with you. If you are wondering what to do and if you're wondering which way to go and you begin to walk in a certain direction, if God is not with you, turn around and go in another direction. If you're headed in a direction that God cannot go, you better not go that way. That is not success. doesn't matter what it does to your bank account. doesn't matter what it does to your status. If God is not going to be present in what you're about to do, don't do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't do it. Don't do it if God is not present. One of the, the adages I've heard for many years is uh, act as if Jesus is sitting in the room. If you're going to have a conversation with someone, you can pull up another chair and leave it empty and say, Jesus is sitting right here. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. He's already there. So if you are conducting yourself in a way that would be an embarrassment to the name of Christ, you need to not do what you're doing. If you want to find success, do it as if God is present and do it in according to His direction and will. As a matter of fact, we can look in verse 6. Let's go on to verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You know a beautiful thing about the Lord and success is He makes promises. The second thing is success comes according to God's promise, not according to man's level of what success looks like. Because there's a lot of times we will see success in terms of our status, success in terms of how we react or what we do with people. But when it comes to real success, it's tied to promises of God. When we get our minds off of pleasing people and pleasing God, we find that we can walk with more confidence in our life because it doesn't matter what someone else says or thinks because we're following in God's footsteps. We're looking for His promises and what He has promised, we will do. I will tell you now, God has not promised us a rose garden. It is not a promise of God that every day you're going to wake up to sunny clouds and perfect temperatures. It's not a promise of God you're going to wake up every day and feel healthy and like, man, I am ready to take on the world. Sometimes we wake up tired. Sometimes we wake up hurting. Sometimes we get doctor's reports that are not very comforting. Sometimes there are things that happen and people lose their jobs. It doesn't mean that God's not present. It doesn't mean that they're not walking in God's promises. It means they're living life. But I love that God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said to Joshua, I have been with Moses. You have seen how I've been with Moses. You have experienced how I've been with Moses. And as I have been with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? Just as God has been with any spiritual great leader in our entire history, you can name whoever you want. God will be with you. Many of us know about Billy Graham. Just as God has been with Billy Graham, God will be with you. Just as God was with, as some would say, Mother Teresa, God will be with you. Just as God is with someone else, He is with you. You are not any less or lower than what anybody else is when God's presence and He's going to be with you and He has promised to never leave you. So when we're looking for success to have confidence, it is built upon God's presence and God's promises. 
And when that's two of the blocks of the foundation to build a, 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 a level of success, we can have confidence. The third thing that we can look at is success comes when God's way is the priority. When God's way, when God's will, when God's direction, when what God has said is the priority. Look at me in verses with me in 7 and 8. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have what? You may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have, what's the word? Success. God is declaring that when His will, His direction, and His priorities are put first and foremost, you're going to find a life of confidence and success. Now, how does that play into our everyday life in this culture that we live in right now? A lot of people are trying to put confidence in the Constitution of the United States. Can I tell you something? The Constitution of the United States will not send you to heaven. It will send you to hell because it promises no grace. It promises no Christ. The election is not going to save this country. Only Jesus will save this country. We have to move forward in confidence and understanding that if we're going to see success in our culture, we must find success in our life in absolutely focusing on God's presence, that we are living according to His promises, and that we are living according to His will and His direction. And when we begin to do that, we're going to find ourselves influencing other people to bring about God's will and God's way around us. So God is making Himself very clear with Joshua here. That Joshua, I am calling you to something greater than you ever thought you'd ever have to do. I imagine when Joshua was growing up as a little boy, he never imagined he'd be leading an entire nation into a promised land. Many of us today, we may be thinking, what in the world is the promised land today? Well, I know one thing. God has promised us a new land called heaven. And that we need to take as many people there as we can with us. God has given us a land flowing with milk and honey called heaven. And we must be prepared to cross over and get ready to go in. Because in three days, someone may make that journey. But one day the end will come and we will all stand before a just and living God. All of our friends, all of our neighbors, all of our relatives. And when they look at you, would they say this is someone who follows God's way, God's direction, God is present in their life, and they live according to God's promises, even when they're rattled by this world? So what would they say about you? I know that heaven is a promised land. That's, for some of us, is far off. But so for some, it's much nearer than we can think. Sometimes death comes as an unexpected guest. But the reality is, is we all must face that. And we can face it with confidence when we are living with Christ at the center of our relationship with God and we've given our life to Him. But today I want to give you a, 
a key factor when it comes to success because oftentimes I'm talking with people and they're wondering what to do and how to handle situations and, and especially difficult ones when things are not easy. And oftentimes we want to find success in the response or the outcome of a situation. Well, we're going to be successful if this fight ends. We're going to be successful if this comes to a resolution. But can I submit something to you that's actually more biblical than focusing on an outcome to be your success? The measure of success, the measure of success is measured by your obedience to God's directed will. By your obedience to God's directed will. Not the outcome, but your obedience. Because when you are looking at your life and you're dealing with issues and you're trying to move forward in life and you are simply just trying to logically get through it, then the measure of success for you would be the outcome. But when you are focused on God's will, God's direction, His presence, and you're trying to do everything according to His way, you're obeying Him. You know who the success is left up to? It's Him. You're obeying Him. Your success is in the obedience, not the outcome. Let me give somebody some freedom today. You may be trying to manipulate situations and you, you've been trying to fix some stuff in your life. You've been working to try to see things get better. But maybe if you'll just step back and stop and let God take control and just obey Him rather than fix it, then you're going to find success. It may not be measured like you think it is. Success is measured in obedience, not the outcome of something. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 is a great promise for us today. It is there and we find this phrase scattered throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. This quote of God saying himself, I will never desert you, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. No matter what your situation is today, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, God has promised in the Old Testament and the New Testament, David said it to his son. Moses said it to Joshua. God said it to Joshua. God has said it to many people. Paul wrote about it. And here in Hebrews, we find this writer saying, quoting, God has himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Why would so many times it be mentioned in Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament? To remind us that God is with us. Because sometimes we can feel alone, can't we? Sometimes we can feel confused. We can feel like we don't know what to do or which way to go. We feel like up is down and down is up. And we're living in a, in a year where everything is absolutely backwards, right? Everything that you think is forward is back. And everything that's back is forward. And everything up is down. And everything down is up. And left is right and right is left. And it is a crazy world that we live in. But there are some things that have not changed. It doesn't matter what reports. It doesn't matter what... what uh, um, Things are, are talked about on the TV, on the radio, you see on the internet, no matter what people's opinions have been. I can tell you one thing that's never changed. Since January the 1st of this year, God has said He'll never leave you and He'll never forsake you. And I can guarantee you that right now, this day, God will never leave you and He'll never forsake you. For God is not slow in keeping His promises. He will keep them in the perfect time. 
So if you feel like that you have been left alone, then hold on to the truth and to the promise and to the assurance that He said He'll never leave you or forsake you. And here's something that's very interesting in Hebrews chapter 13. That is followed by these words, so that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? I wonder why God had to tell Joshua so many times to be strong and courageous. Moses told Joshua, be strong and courageous. And then God tells him, I think I counted at least three times, that God said just in those verses that, that we were reading, be strong and courageous. Remember, Joshua, to be strong and courageous. You want to know why? I'm just going to throw out some truth this morning as your pastor. You want to know why God had to tell him to be strong and courageous? Because of people. Because of people. That's why Hebrews 13 here says, which is so incredible to me, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? What is the order? It is God first, and then let's talk about man. The priority of God's presence, His promises, and His will will give us the confidence needed to move forward in no matter what we're being faced with. We can have the confidence and assurance that we don't have to fear man. It's scary to lose a job. It's scary to be told by a doctor that you have cancer. But you know, there's great hope in knowing that even in those moments, God's not left you. That He is our helper and strength. We can look around at testimonies like Mr. Larry here. He looks better now after his surgery than he did before. And he's doing great. God can do great things even in the midst of bad news. And let me tell you, if you haven't heard any bad news lately, you have evidently not turned on the TV or talked to anybody or looked at any social media whatsoever. The world is filled with bad news. The world needs to hear God has not left them and God has not forsaken them. He is still very present. He is here and He is working. And people need to see the truth of that, not just in our words, but in our lives. We can walk forward in confidence in a culture that is shaky and that is confusing when we know that God is present, that God's promises reign, and His will is what we will follow. So what must we do with this? Well, we need to know God's directed will for our life. We need to know God's directed will, God's directed uh, uh, idea, His commands. Because remember, what did God tell Joshua? He said, you need to remember what I have told you to do. Remember what I gave Moses. And do it. And you will find success. The world has duped us into thinking. Religion is archaic. The Bible is not relevant. There, are, there is no cultural relevance when it comes to Scripture. The Scripture stands by itself. And today, as the Word of God declares something to be true, it's true. We are to live by that. If you're wondering what God's directed will is for your life, open up the Scriptures. As you pour into the Word of God, God will begin to reveal and pour into you what... His will is for you. The second thing is this. 
obey immediately. If God gives you direction to do something, if God declares in your life for you to call someone or to serve someone or to help someone, let me tell you, the best thing for you to do is just do it. Turn to somebody and just look at them and say, just do it. Don't wait any longer. If God gives you a direction to do something, just do it. I want to read verses 10 and 11 in chapter 1 of Joshua again. Because we can see where God has given Joshua direction. He's encouraged him. He has said, I'm with you. That I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I've given you promises. I've given you my will. Now be strong and courageous. And then in verse number 10, then Joshua... And you know what I I believe? Joshua did this very quickly. He didn't wait. If he had to wait till the next morning, as you read through the story, like in chapter 3, verse 1, it says Joshua got up early in the morning when it was time for them to cross. Joshua's been waiting for 40 years. God stops talking and it says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days. You're to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. Joshua, he found out what God wanted and then he obeyed immediately. Rewind 40 years, here's what Joshua experienced. God's will was known, but everybody decided to have a democratic vote about it. They got 12 people together and they said, hey, let's vote. Let's see if we really want to do this. Ten of them said no, and two said yes. Let me tell you something. Democracy does not trump God's will in our lives. Your emotions and feelings do not trump God's will for your life. Your feeling comfortable does not trump God's will for your life. If God directs you to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you better just do it. So I want to encourage you today. You can move forward in confidence when you understand that God is present, God has promised to be with you, and God has given you direction. So today, seek His direction, know His direction, and do it. Finally, on the seven-day challenge this week, as Gina comes to the piano, there's kind of a question that you're going to answer, and then you're going to do something about it. The seven-day challenge this week is about God's will for your life. So let me put the seven-day challenge this simple. What is one thing God wants you to do this week? What is one thing God wants you to do this week? Now, God wants us to do a lot of things, right? He wants us to pray. He wants us to study the Word. He wants us to be a good witness. He wants us to serve one another. But I want to boil that down and filter it down to something very specific Find one thing God wants you to do this week. Just one. It may be to call somebody and check on them. It could be to send somebody a meal or to send them a card. It could be to send them a message. Or it could be to erase some of the stuff on your Facebook. Whatever it is that God directs you to do, that one thing, here's my advice for you. Say it with me. Just do it. Just do it. And do it with confidence. As we move forward, 
We don't know what tomorrow holds. We have no idea what this country holds. What's going to happen next? What's coming in November or December or January? We don't know. But there are some things that we can know. And we can move forward with confidence knowing that Jesus is still on the throne. God is still present. That He has still got His promises and those promises are just as true today as they ever was. And that we need to walk by those promises with our head held high instead of our head held low in disgust. And let's let people know our confidence is in the Lord. I am confident 100% better than I know my name is Clyde that when I die I'm going to enter into the promised land. If you hear the news this week, something happens to me, I want you to stop and rejoice because it means I've crossed over the Jordan and I've moved into the promised land. I am confident of that. Are you? Maybe maybe you're listening and you're going, I'd like to be, but can you really be that confident? Yes. I serve a God that's not going to lead us in limbo. God didn't send Jesus Christ to die on the cross so you can just think you're going to heaven. Jesus came and died on the cross so that we may know that we have life and we have it more abundantly. So today, if you need that confidence to know that if you breathe your last breath, that you would know that you'd go to heaven, then all you got to do is ask God to forgive you and take over your life, and Jesus will wipe away all those sins. Pastor, I'm not fully convinced. I don't know. It's called faith. You just have to believe. Don't wait any longer. Now's the time. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? If If you're not confident today, If you're worried, if you are caught up in the whirlwind of fear and doubt, let me say to you what God said to Moses. Be strong and courageous. For wherever you go, I will be with you. Whatever happens, God will be with you. Right now, if you're not confident about your destination, if you die, you can be today. If you feel God prompting you or you're feeling something that's different than any other time and you really want to make this decision, would you just right now just raise your hand if you're in this room or if you're at home, you can click on the raise the hand button and just declare I want to make that decision I want to make that choice I want to accept Christ today so that I'll be confident and know and if you have done that would you just please simply ask God to forgive you say something like God I've messed up please forgive me 
Lord, take over my life. You be in control. For those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we're living in a society and in a world that has permeated our life with fear. Fear of a pandemic, fear of economic collapse, fear of loss, fear of uncertainty. But God, you're still God. And your promises are still true. So Lord, may your promises permeate into our hearts and our minds right now, right where we are in this room and at home, wherever someone is listening to this. That God, your promises will permeate our hearts and give us hope and confidence. Father, we thank you for your word, your way, your will, and your presence. Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.